Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year, Rip. Happy New Year, gentlemen. What's going Episode, on? Uh, I think it's 199 today. Damn it. Isn't that right? 199. It's going to be 200. Anyway, sorry we're late today, JR. Craig's a bit of a radio star around here. Sorry, you guys are getting you guys are getting so popular now. You know, I'm sure your egos are flying off the handle. You want to hear a fucking ego boost? I'm walking around a grocery store in Oakville, Ontario called Longos. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Craig and I have been doing this player cast on Sportsnet and they're running commercials on Sportsnet up there. Some guy stopped me in the aisle and said, Hey, did you used to play hockey? I said, Yes. <laughs> he said, do you do any TV or work for Sportsnet? I said, just started to. Yeah. He said, I've seen your commercial. I was like, no shit. Get out of here. I said, and I introduced myself. He didn't have a, a goddamn clue what my name was, but he recognized my face. He's like, I recognize See? you from the commercial. How about that? See, That's you a- need, it's about time that people recognize you and it's to get doing your own podcast and a television show for people to know who the fuck you are, Petey. <laughs> And I've I done so much, it. so much dumb shit to try to get in the media. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it hasn't helped working in the media, but just trying to wiggle into the media in some capacity. Hey, you're on your way, man. You're on your way to superstardom. I'm telling you, step hey, when by you're, step. When you're getting Boy. noticed in Canada, that's that's huge. That's huge. Anyway, anyway, good morning. And good morning. Let me just start by saying this: uh, we had an amazing few days of a blizzard it was the most unbelievable winter storm i have ever seen in my entire life and i'm 42 now that's not the point of the story here um the point of the story is my brother uh had some work colleagues that were where they got trapped together on their way home from work they were working at the hospital and they wanted to try to get home to their families and they got stuck and my brother had to bring two of them back to the house one of them was from new jersey but on the Philadelphia side, like over by Philly. Okay. So Craig, you're going to love this. So I'm sitting there and and I'm getting to know this guy. He's a young resident doctor. And, um, and we start talking about hockey and he's like, Oh, I'm a diehard flyers fan, diehard flyers fan. I was like, no shit. And I'm like, he starts going through like some of his favorite players who played for the flyers. Well, guess whose name came up riff. Jeremy Roenick, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Jeremy Roenick. So, and I will speed this up because this is more about you, JR, than it is me. So we're sitting there and I just, and what occurred to me was the snowstorm when you got stuck in Calgary, JR, and you knocked Mm -hmm. on the door and you were hanging out with a guy and you were drinking beers or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to message JR. I didn't tell this guy that I messaged him in my head. I'm like, I'm going to message JR and see if he's available for maybe, maybe like a quick call. So what does he do, Riff? JR says, call me. Call me, I want to talk to him. And I was like, how about this? How about you call me and I'll just hand him the phone? He's like, perfect. So I don't know where you were. That it wasn't a call. It wasn't a call. It's a FaceTime. It's a FaceTime. So I handed him the phone, Riv, and I answered it and I just turned it over to him. And, and he just looked, I said, Here, I got a call for you. And the guy's looking at it, he's like, Hello? He's like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> he's like, holy shit. He couldn't fucking he couldn't believe it. It was it was unbelievable. <laughs> That's what, so I just wanted to say thank you for that. Cause that's one of the coolest things that I think I've seen someone in your situation, your status do for somebody just kind of out of the blue and you were at dinner. Yeah. You know, it's, um, well, it, that was great. It's good of you to, uh, to host them in a time of need, obviously as gracious as you are, which is great, but you know, you, know, Pete, you know, you know, I, Hey, listen, you know, all throughout, um, the last couple of days or at least the last week uh, through New Year's, a lot of great things kind of happened to me in terms of that, you know, that recognizability and people saying things. And, you know, I was down in Fort Lauderdale and I, I got a, you know, I'm, I'm very disappointed in, in this, in this country right now, if not the world for a lot of different reasons with humanity, with, with, you know, the wokeism and how people act and how people treat each other and i'm really disappointed in where we're going as 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 people and and how like people treat people and how our kids are growing up and how our kids are being taught in school i mean i'm not going politically here i'm just saying just in general uh, i'm very very saddened to see how how our 
how our kids are growing up and how we have kind of grown yeah. to be so divided. I was in a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale and these three, these three little girls, I would say probably they were 13, 14, maybe um, three of them come up to me. I'm sitting at dinner, having dinner and they come up to me and they were the cutest, most polite little girls. And they went, uh, Mr. Ronick. And I turned around and she go, they go, I'm sorry to bother you, but okay. And first of all, I was so blown away that three, three young girls at 13 years old, um, had the, just the, the fortitude and they were so polite and a lot of people wouldn't, would not go up to somebody in a restaurant, let alone uh, what they would think is a celebrity. I hate that word, but, and they were like, um, we hate to bother you, but our dad is like the biggest Jeremy Roenick fan. And he, <laughs> he's, he's sitting over there, you know, could, could you maybe come say hi to him? And I'm like, of course, of course I can. And I, so I got up and went across the, the, the restaurant and they, they, the, the father saw me coming over and he jumped out of his seat and he, and the girls were just like, you could see they were so happy, even though they didn't really know who I was, but the girls maybe heard the parents talking and um, it was just a really cool, I took pictures with the girls, took pictures with the dad, but it was really cool because, you know, I love that, that the girls had that, uh, that, that love for their dad, that they said, I'm going to go, we're going to go get mr ronick and bring him over and 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 have that that gusto to do that right and it just yeah. made their made their dad's day and i looked at the girls i said you know you guys i you guys are going to go places you guys are so wonderful don't ever change that attitude where you go up to somebody you you know you say hi or don't be afraid to ask questions or don't be able to ask for something I, I, you never, you know, it was great. I, it was I awesome. have a question for you, and I, I, I'm not surprised that you went over. And and in fact, my brother had a, a New Year's party, and people there had already heard that this guy got a phone call from Jeremy Roenick. Like so, so I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know you like Craig knows you, but I've learned a lot about you, and I love to shit talk people. So every time I shit talk someone, I'll always, you know, give someone a compliment when deserved. But I've learned that about you. You are one of the more gracious, gracious stars when it comes to fans and interacting with fans and going out of their way to talk to fans. And, and, and here's the other thing. It used to be a faux pas to walk up to a dinner table and <clears throat> other somebody. And I'll be honest. And, and I always heard these stories when I was a kid about all oh, such and such a player or such and such a player turn some kid away at the dinner table and things like that. And I, and I understood it back then. Like I get it. You're having dinner, but nowadays I'm looking and I'm thinking it, that needs to be, that, that needs to be put aside. So I have a quick story. I'm not going to say the name. Okay. I'm not going to say the name of the person that did it. Cause he's a, he's a friend of mine and I don't want to embarrass him with a bad story. But when we were in the 91 Canada cup, we're in Pittsburgh and we're out to dinner and there's four of us sitting at a table and this guy comes over to the table and says, um, inter interrupts our dinner and says, um, Mr. So-and-so, I'm a big fan of yours. Can I have your autograph? And this guy I'm with, he turns to him and goes, do I know you? The guy goes, no. And he goes, well, let's keep it that way. I'm eating dinner. Goes, no way. Do I know you? Okay. No. How about well, listen? Let's keep, let's keep it that way. Kids are one thing. Adults are another. No, <laughs> no. That's, listen, I'm going to tell no. you. This. I, uh, you said something a minute ago, uh, Petey, and I, and it, uh, I don't even know how to explain this well, and I'm just going to try and explain it. You said that Jeremy Roenick just does so well with being a star okay like jr was an elite face of the national hockey league for many years played on a lot of different teams i'm going to tell you this jr i was not a star i was far from a star 
but I still played in a city for 12 years that I was like a star. Okay. In Montreal, it is hard. It is hard being a, 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 um, a public figure, um, constantly trying to put on a smiley face when, you know, some days, some days you just have some rough days, you know, yeah, and you just don't yeah. want to deal the, 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 whether you're fatigued mentally and physically from, from what you do and then having to put on, you know, that downtime when you actually take your wife out or your girlfriend or whatever, and you're, you're, you're sitting at a lunch and you have people constantly coming up to you over yeah. and over one person sees it. Oh, well, you signed that autograph. So I think yeah. everybody in the place o- is going to open the floodgates, open, open the floodgates. Yep. I've been in that situation and it's not easy. It is not easy. I think sometimes you just want downtime. You want not to be noticed and recognized and not have to sign autographs at a table and be asked questions like you, you yeah. were asked. Um, hey, can yeah. you can you get up from your sixty dollars yeah. steak and come over to my dad because he really likes yeah. you and 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 say hi to him? And you know you're a good man because there's not there's not every professional athlete that has the same type of attitude. Or um, or even if they do it, they may not do it as graciously as you would. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I think you would go over it's there. A special person, I think. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. You know, um, you you have an infectious personality. You're very confident. You're a very confident man. Um, You do not like to hide. You are, if people treat you with respect, then you will get that back 10, you know, tenfold. Um, But it's not easy being a public figure. And I think you do it so graciously. I really do. I I, I watched it for a year in San Jose when we played together. And like, I'm like a little, like I was 30 freaking years old. Like I was 32 years old when I went to San Jose and I was still starstruck when I walked in the friggin' room. I swear to God, Petey, I swear to God, like we got friggin' Jeremy Roenick on the friggin' team. What? It was, it was the mock turtle. It was the mock turtleneck in the flow, JR. That's what I will, I will will say this, but you know, to get off this subject, because it's not about me and there's a lot of, there's a couple of really important things I think they talk about. Um, I truly, I, I truly believe, I think a couple of different things. Number one, I was very, very thankful that I got to play a game and I got to play a game in front of people who paid their hard earned money to come watch me, watch you play. Right. That's what they did. You know, we, 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 we played a game for a living and it was those fans and those people that, that came up to you and, and showed you this respect or at least the admiration. Um, to say hi it's not a lot to give um and now at 50 50 almost 53 years old those are the things that 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 keep my my career alive right keep what i did alive um regardless if it's a story from what i did you know throwing a puck to somebody or signing an autograph or those those little girls coming up saying my dad this my dad that um those are the things that keep me connected to what I did for a living. And I love that. And I don't want ever want that to go away. And and I'll never, I'll never treat anybody bad. There's no question. Um, I might keep it short and say, I'm sorry, sir, but I have to go. Sorry. Or, sorry. I have to do this. But I think it's really important because again, we all do certain things. You guys have a, have a, 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 one of the most successful podcasts, you know, out there right now. And if you go out somewhere and someone comes up to you and you're an asshole to them, you know what? <laughs> That's going to affect your podcast. They're, yeah. they're going to tell someone, they're going to tell someone, and that reputation gets around. You know, I have a whiskey that, that I just launched. You know, I do this on Wednesdays for you. I don't want people hearing my name go up with the whiskey and not buy it because I, they hear I'm an asshole or not listen on Wednesdays to after the whistle because I'm an asshole. So, you know, it might be a little bit, guys, but a little bit turns into a lot because people talk. Yeah. They do. 
and people, and it's really important. So well, um, last thing, last thing I'll say about this. And, uh, uh, you know, like, as I mentioned, you know, my brother had a little uh, new year's get together and people had already heard. And they were like, how did that happen? Was, was JR just like frigging calling? And I was like, no, I asked him if he would, because this kid's a Flyers fan. I said, he's like, and he did it. I said, yeah, he did it. I said, that's, that's the kind of guy he is. I'm like, that's, that's, what he does for the game, not for you, not for me, not for the show, but for the game. Yeah, you know. You know I'm so gonna tell, I'm, I'm gonna tell you one. I'm gonna tell you one more thing that I did, which I, which I don't think anybody would do. I was doing a, that uh, autograph show up in Vancouver last month, and this guy came up to me and gave me a picture to sign, and it was an it was a it was an all star picture, okay. And the picture was of me, Brett Hall, and Tamu Solane sitting on the ice next to each other like dur- during you know the all the skills competition and he asked me to sign it and it was a sunday n- sunday night and i was actually flying back and playing golf with temu solane on tuesday and i said to the guy i said look you know temu's in this picture do you want me to if you want i'll take this with me have temu sign it just give me your address and i'll and i'll send it back see that's that's weird man and, <laughs> and I did. I took it. It's not. It's courteous. I, you think it's no, weird because it's, it's extra that's work buying a weird. fucking. You just don't want to buy a stamp, you cheap prick. I no, did. I it's took not it. that. It's and not that. PD and, and Tamu signed it. And I not sent normal. It back to him. It was. And the guy was like, the guy called me and was like, he was. It was. See, but I want to do. I want to go that extra extra mile. I always do. I always try to. So anyway. Um, Speaking well, of uh, speaking of ex- extra mile, um, I you know we got to talk about the big the big Buffalo big Buffalo story, man. With with Hamlin, I just um, <laughs> shit. Can you believe that? Can you believe like something like that can happen in in the, in the in a sporting in a sporting event? I mean, yes, it has happened. Yes, it can happen. But- what's the worst? What's the worst thing that you've been through, Jr.? Like uh, you you obviously played. You know, oh my God, what thirteen hundred and fifty games, yeah. and I'm sure that you saw some scary moments in your time. Yeah. But is there is there a particular one that kind of sits in in the in your mind? Yeah, for for me, it, for a game that I was actually playing in, uh, Troy Murray, uh, who was our was our second line centerman. I think this was a 1991 or nineteen ninety. Uh, I was fr- fr- new into the league. We're playing in Vancouver, and he gets hit on the boards. And he had, you know, he had his bridge, you know, his teeth, you know, his, you know, you could, what are they called where you can take your teeth out? What are those? The, your dentures. You you had it, but you know, I think you had it. The flippers. You, yeah, the flippers. Right. His flipper came out and went down his throat, like all the way down his throat, and he started choking, like he was literally flopping all over the ice because they, he couldn't get they couldn't get his the the thing out he was choking to death and they had to rush onto the ice and and put a hole in his in his throat to try to get him to breathe and the tracheotomy uh, was off yeah it was awful it was awful we thought he was going to die right there on on the ice it was terrible i i had a moment i had a moment in junior where i actually i was laying on the ice and my mom was at the game, and I thought she was going to watch me die on the ice. I got, I was slew footed. Oh. Uh, I remember the guy who did it. I got slew footed, and I landed literally right between my shoulder blades. Okay, I didn't land on like my whole back. I landed between my shoulder blades, and I guess, I guess when you're going backward like that, naturally you have a defense mechanism where you tuck your head. Okay, like I, I, I from what I've come to learn. And I guess I, I don't know if I was tucking my head or whatever, but I, uh, my, my throat, um, uh, muscles contracted so hard. And then once I hit every bit of air came out of my body and my, my muscles in my throat were pinching my, my windpipe. So they were like contracting and contracting. And this was going on for like, and I got up and I just, I tried to take a breath and I I could not pull any air into my lungs at, at all. Like, I mean, in this, like, I mean, not even a, a, a pinhole. Different and than I, losing I, your wind, losing your wind, right? Well, w- well, I got up and I, I, and I, I, I was like, I, 
I, I couldn't get anything in. And all, all I could do was, was like exhale. And all I could remember hearing was, uh, that's all I could yeah. do. And I dropped my gloves and I grabbed the ref and I started shaking the ref. He's like, Hey, I got him for the, for the slew foot. And I started pointing at my throat and I started skating back to the bench and I, I, I got lightheaded. I thought I was going to pass out and I just fell to the ground. I was lying on the back on my back. Our trainer comes out and I just remember I'm staring up at the ceiling in the Oshawa civic auditorium. And I, I, I still haven't had a breath yet. Like I have not been able to pull any air in. Now we're at probably 15, 20, 30 seconds, which isn't life threatening, but now you're starting to wonder if you're ever going to get it back. Right. Trainer comes out and, and he's sitting there and, and I'm, and I'm like grabbing my throat and I still couldn't breathe. And he called the doctor on like the doctors come on the ice. There's two doctors over top of me. And I, I still couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe. And, and all I heard was, was uh, get ready for, for a trach. We're going to have to do a trach. And he's just, he's like rubbing my, he's rubbing my neck, right? He's like, he's just rubbing around my, my neck to feel what's going on. And as he's doing that, he's relaxing the muscles around my windpipe. And then mm. all of a sudden out of nowhere, it released. And I just remember going, <clears throat> and I took oh this God. unbelievable breath and it had to have been probably about 45 seconds to a minute. Okay. Now that's after I had landed on my back and every ounce of air had exhaled out of me on impact. So now I was just sitting there with an empty set of lungs. And I remember for a minute, I'm like, my mom's going to watch me die in the ice. My mom's here. So anyway, that's no uh, Damar Hamlin, but it is a, for me, it was like a, that was the most terrifying thing that I ever experienced on the ice. And it was, yeah. you know, but yeah, here I am. What about, what about Lots you? Right? There, there's, there was a few, um, I'll, I'll just name all three. Um, one was Trent McCleary in 2000. Uh, in, oh, is no, that he would have been, he, yeah, he I, took I a that, slap that, shot. You know who he took a slap shot? I was in that game. I think that was against Flyers. Didn't, um, That's um, right. Didn't Chris Terrian shot that puck? Chris Terrian was on the power play. Trent McCleary, which was one of our best penalty killers on our oh, team. And, God. and back when, back in, uh, Back in the in the nineties, late nineties, uh, a lot of the penalty kill was about sliding out and blocking shots. Like you would slide out and use your whole body to to block shots, and that was uh, a big, big part of the game back back mm -hmm. then. Well, Trent McCleary went sliding out, and uh, Chris Terrian, I think, ended up getting a, a one timer. And he, you knew Chris Tarian. He was a big, strong man that could fire. Still, still one of big. my very, yeah. very closest friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. he ended up taking that shot and hit Trent McCleary right in the throat. Mm -hmm. And um, I was on the ice at the time. I was the first one to get out to Trent. And I could hear him when he was on the ice, he was laying there and I could hear oh. him like just what Petey was saying. He was gasping, like, eh, eh, like trying to breathe with nothing happening. Only my larynx I wasn't told him, crushed by a slap shot, but go ahead. I didn't know the severity of it. I just told him, stay down, stay down. They're coming out. Meaning the trainers were on their way out because everybody knew that it was bad. Well, Trent McCleary, in sheer panic, jumped up and sprinted as hard as he could to the bench. When he got to the bench, he passed out. So now he's limp. They grabbed him, the training staff, a couple players, and they basically carried him down the hallway. Now, Dr. Mulder, who's a legendary uh, doctor in Montreal, he realized immediately what is going on. Now, Trent McCleary had his larynx um, completely crushed. There was no airflow, nothing going on. And he's like, we do not have time to wait for the ambulance, even to come upstairs and get him. So they picked him up. They picked him up and carried him through the room, down the hall. They went. Uh, into the garage, put him in a back of a car 
and drove him. I don't even know whose car it was. They drove him immediately, which the Montreal general was five blocks away, straight up, straight up a, a street. They got him there. They did an emergency tracheotomy and they saved his life because he was not breathing um for a number of minutes like this was this was a long 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 time and they were worried about all the complications with not having the oxygen and everything else but uh that was that was a terrible terrible ended ended his career ended his career it yeah it 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 ended his career and he was a he was an incredible incredible man um and uh you know just being on the ice for that one and yeah. and seeing, he was, you know, he was one of those. Um, Trent was one of those uh, those those role players, right? The guys yeah. that, that that would do anything. The guys, like you said, would lay in front of a shot to block it for the team, right? And he got his, he got his, uh, his like heroism by doing that thing, coming back to the lot, coming back to the bench, and everybody saying, "Way to go, Lears! Way to go, Lears!" Right and. I, I saw that and I was like, Oh my God, that was that, that I remember that buddy. That was fucking yeah. awful. Yeah. Brian awful. Savage, uh, in 2000, um, got hit in LA. I don't know. You, you might even been on the, maybe you wouldn't have been on the team then, but he got hit by Ian LaPerriere, uh, probably some that you might've played with in LA, but, uh, it was an open ice hit and Brian Savage went down to the ice and was, flailing his legs and then just kind of went limp and numb and uh it took forever for them to get him off the ice because he had broken two vertebrae two vertebrae with the hit um and just watching watching all of that and you know the severity of you knew that it was not good because you could see the way the, the the doctors were talking to the trainers and stuff. So, you know, another one that's uh, that, yeah, that was and, a tough call. And and again, this uh, this goes back to what 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 goes un, unappreciated by a lot of a lot of players and probably a lot of a lot of fans is some of the most important people that in sports are our trainers, right? The guys are in the locker room every day working hard that get there way before us even if it's the medical trainers they're you know the medical trainers are there emptying out the bags and unloading the bags and packing the bags with the equipment trainers just as much uh, on every road trip and here they are when they get thrown into these situations i mean remember back in buffalo when clint malarchuk got his got caught with the skate and yeah. literally slight sliced his neck and got his main artery and he was literally spewing and dying in the crease and if it wasn't for it, that trainer that Jim, came out, Jim Pizzatelli, that, yeah, that that worked so so quick, right? Yeah. And 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 blocked that, blocked that, reached I mean, in and reached in his throat and pinched his uh, pinched, artery, pinched it, pinched it, pinched exactly. it closed, yeah, yeah. And and, 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 and I think Doctor Basson here in Buffalo, sorry to chop your riff, yep. Yep. Did the same thing with Richard Zednick. I, I feel like yeah, down in Florida, down in Florida. Yeah, yeah that happened he here in, in Buffalo. Yeah, Zednick was with Florida. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Amazing. And and you were you you were on the team um, when when the the Zednick uh, situation happened. I can still I I can still see it in my mind. You know, the skate come up, um, and hit Zednick in the neck. The skate makes the cut. And then there's pure panic, and Zetnik skated all the way to the bench. Did he not? Pete? He did. He did. Which trying to cover him. saved trying that to... saved his life. Him getting up yeah. and skating to the bench saved his life because that bought yeah. that bought the doctors like twenty five thirty seconds to a minute by the time they could have gotten to him to yeah. to start working on him or at least stop and do whatever they could to to stop the bleeding. Right. Yeah. Get him the, onto the, crazy, the, the, the crazy thing about the whole thing, like Hamlin, it's, it was not even a big play, right? It, I mean, he, he and he, you hear a lot of different stories and you, you can't speculate, obviously, you know, the, you, you talk about that cardiac arrest where that, where you get hit in the exact right spot at exactly 
the right moment when the when the when the heartbeat is about to about to take that beat gets hit like that um whether it causes that that cardiac embolism or or the or to you know to shock and go into that and then you have a lot of people you know start talking about well that just doesn't happen there must be something wrong with his heart he must have heart damage which tends now people start saying well the vaccine and what if the vaccine is causing you know has caused problems to his heart that he didn't know about it and this happened i mean it's just crazy where all well, this the, shit's going to again you know, when, like back in the day God. years and years ago chris pronger if you remember this just like what you talked about it was a shot a slap shot he took it right in the heart and mm-hmm. he had the exact same thing happened um he had that cardiac arrest you know he he went down he you know the doctors that rushed on the ice are ultimately saved but what, Chris what, but what, life. But, but what ha- what happened in that situation after they got him back to did he come back like was he able once they got his his vitals back was he i can't remember that situation but was he was he aware of what was going on was he uh cognizant of what was going on was he back because the fact that that hamlin is not and i know he's in an induced coma right now but I somebody told me a doctor told me if they would if he would have had that actually happen where he got that that heart that um, blunt uh, that heart blunt shot that once they got him back he would have he would have come back to normal uh normal resuscitation normal um you know normal breathing and he would have been okay it's not it's not what's happening with this handling guy I mean he's still he's still in some some hot water right now and i well someone said to me they are and they are a a doctor uh but they're not involved in anything that's going on here and the 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 conversation hold on let me find it here just said um talk about a billion to one chance poor bills player um hope he has brain function and i said why do you say that and and this person went on to get obviously has read information and said because nine minutes of CPR is a very long time. Um, they've seen this happen in kids, but never adults. Kids have had that happen from getting hit in the chest with a baseball or lacrosse ball. In an adult, that hit uh, had to have happened right at that uh, right at the moment during a certain time during an electrical impulse with the right amount of pressure in the right spot. Like I said, one in a billion chance. To go without oxygen for that length of time is so bad. Not sure why they didn't intubate him on the field or do an emergency tracheotomy. Did they not do that? No, I think didn't, didn't they give him? Yeah, the, no, um, they didn't. They didn't. Um, they, I'm assuming they are waiting for the brain swelling to go down before they do an EEG to see his brain function status. They also have to worry about multiple system organ failure from the lack of oxygen. The brain automatically takes all the oxygen to the brain to preserve it so the main organs go without proper blood fo- flow and fail. Kidneys are usually the first to go. I'm not sure if the University of Cincinnati does ECMO, but if he has brain function, they should put him on ECMO. All of this blood flow would go through a machine and provide. Uh, so basically, I mean, uh, there's a lot a of lot. information there. But There's a lot, yeah. But it, well, that's you know, usually, that's usually, that, I mean, that's not, that's not unusual like for people that, don't breathe for that don't get air for a long time like people that are caught underwater for lengths of time that their brains don't get the oxygen the body doesn't get the oxygen but it's just it's just strange you just said one in a billion right if one in a billion i mean maybe it could be i don't know but you know and i do know that a lot of people are talking about whether his heart had damage to it via the vaccine which is which is making this whole situation worse or whether he's just was really, 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 really bad luck in timing and where he got hit in the situation. Either way, either way, um, I just I, you know obviously we pray and hope that he comes out of it okay. But um, it was it was 
but it was it was really it was comforting to see the the, the response though by everybody and you know which why sports is so important but um, hey can 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 I share a can I share a lighter side there is no lighter side to the Demar Hamlin but there's a lighter side to how uh, it relates to after the whistle you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Love Kirby enthusiasm. Okay, did I, did I ever, tell, did I ever tell, tell you my story about um, about uh, um, what's his name? Um, Larry David. Larry David. Did you meet him? So I'm in uh, I'm in Cabo, and I'm at a, this this resort hotel, and I'm leaving, and and we're driving out, and there's this uh, golf cart that's going up the street, and I look in the golf cart. I'm in the passenger seat. My wife's driving, and I look in the, I look in the in the cart, and it's Larry David. And he's in in there with a. I, I would believe it. It was his wife was in it. So we stopped, and I put my head out. I'm like, "You're Larry David." He goes, "Yeah." I went, "You're the funniest guy on TV." And he look and he looks at his wife. He goes, "See, honey, I told you I'm fucking funny." <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing, and I, I it was so cool. And um, I just told him who I was, and he 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 heard of my name, but. He's not a huge hockey fan, but he 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 had heard my name. It was kind of, it was about literally twenty seconds, but it was so cool. He was such a good, funny, right off the off the cuff. See, honey, I told you I'm fucking funny. Well, tell me if he would write this into one of the episodes. Literally, I uh, Craig tells me this story the other night, and all I hear first thing that comes into my mind is boom, boom, boom. So ribs, so. The, the 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 incidents going on on uh, on the field for, with the Bills, Demar Hamlin's down on the field, and everyone in the in the sports world is now you know paying attention to this and 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 watching what's going on in hopes and prayers and all this stuff. And while he's down on the field, our good friend over here sends out a tweet of he and his kids in a video, screaming, "Yeah!" Yeah, go Canada. Connor Bedard won the ball. Connor Bedard scores the overtime goal. Craig was completely oblivious to what was going on in the football game. Okay. He said within minutes, and he was traumatized by it yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. And he was he was hurt and upset. People were tearing into his character for the poorly timed tweet. That he put that he put out, and he ends up taking it down. And I just thought, what? I, I had the asshole. tweet out. I, I literally, I I wasn't watching. Here's the thing. I will say this: that I knew that there was a, a Bills player injured. But how many times does that happen throughout a football season? Yeah. You ever watch yeah. Red Zone and sit there and watch football? It's like it happens once a weekend where. You know, they got to bring out the cart and this and that. I didn't know the ambulance was on the field. I didn't know both teams because I was watching the Canadian game against Slovaks in overtime. Yeah. And Connor Bedard scores Second. an absolutely incredible Second. goal. And my boys and I are literally jumping around like, holy jumping. They did it, you know, and this kid was just incredible. And I send out this tweet and we just like, now we're watching like, you know, the Canadian players celebrate and the little interview here and there after. And then all of a sudden, okay, Hey, hey let's get, you know, I, I sent the tweet out. Okay. And then I went back and, uh, a couple minutes later, five minutes later, uh, we're watching the bills and, both teams are on the field, you know, very somber commentary. Now, all of a sudden you're realizing, you know, holy jumping oh, like this, shit. this is, this is really serious. My boys and now, and I were starting to talk about it and this and that. And, and then all of a sudden I just went and checked like about five minutes later, I went and checked, um, my video and I had thousands, I mean, thousands that had that had watched the video and the hate that i was getting was extreme and i immediately took it down because of the now now playing it all in my mind like this is the 
possibly the worst situation that you could ever put a put any tweet did, out. Did, did you did you put an apology tweet? Say I I didn't. I was so I was so kind of distraught. Like I was like, you wouldn't believe the shit that I was that people oh, were writing oh, me. Oh oh, I believe. Uh, I, I believe. Okay, it. So, oh, I believe. Yeah, I, it was it was really it was it was bad, and I felt sick to my stomach. I, I, like I, I get now, I get the same I get the same t- sort of hate and tweets, and, and I don't even do like cheered for someone getting I, I would say first place is probably jr second me third you rev if we're gonna go and yeah. gold medal okay. goes to jr on this one i'll take the silver and you can take the brother yeah, but of, <laughs> of all people of all people for that to happen to is rev right I yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah so but anyway no i didn't mean that no yeah <laughs> no I, now sorry. it's like i no. i took it down immediately i don't even listen man you got to understand i don't know how to work twitter that well I'm trying. I'm like, how do I take this goddamn thing down? I couldn't even figure out how to delete it. I took it. Took me ten minutes to to take the freaking video down. But it was just like it was just like the the timing of that oh, Hamlin hit, which is one in a million. Yeah. Your timing of your tweet was one in a million. Yeah, it's which not good. Is- so, so uh, it's okay. But it's let's okay, let's go here. Let's go here. Let me read you something, Craig, that we had in a direct message to our Twitter, and then we'll we'll move on. Um. I'm not sure if you guys will read this, but I wanted to let you know that I've been listening to y'all for a long time. I live in Florida. I'm born in Florida, raised here. So you have a fan down here. And I want to say to Craig that I know you feel like shit and you have absolutely no need to. Pardon my language, but fuck those people that gave you a hard time. You were enjoying something with your boys and had no outside information what was going on, which I honestly applaud. I truly admire everything you all do. And the content you post, keep doing your thing. That's from Philip in Florida. So, yeah. you know, and I said the same thing to you yesterday. Fuck those people, number one. And number See, by two, by the way, that that one that one response makes up for all the shitty ones that you that, that you get because yeah. you know because it's I'm well. I, I'll you. tell you this: I did get some responses yesterday, um, and I appreciate that. And, you know, listen, I mean, it's, it was just a, it was just, I mean, I can't even tell you how bad timing it was. I feel sick because obviously the situation of, of this, this, this young Bills player, which we're all thinking about that, you know, I, 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 I haven't been able to stop think, thinking about, you know, Damar Hamlin. I think everybody is in in the same boat. People are continuing with their lives. People are going to work and and dropping their kids off at school and they're doing their daily chores and what they do on a daily routine. But But every single person person is is thinking about Damar right now. And they go and they go onto their phone to get updates. Everybody's I can't even I totally agree with you, Riv, but everybody's waiting for that news that they brought him out of out of his induced coma and that he's okay i mean it's just it's it's just terrible but still and, and not um, to mention my father said something to me today after the year that buffalo's had with the shooting at tops and the snowstorms and the deaths and and all of that yeah. stuff um his th- th- this community has raised three million dollars for his four foundation for i'm sorry for is his, it up to is isn't it a million now so, but you know, what's even crazier is his goal on GoFundMe was 2,500, 2,500. And now it's 4 million. Like, holy shit, man. Yeah. That's, and that's what, you know what, listen, that's what this community does. And I, 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 from, from Lindy Ruff being suspended for one game or something for the Ottawa Bowl, I think he got suspended. And a pizza company in Buffalo raised the ten thousand dollars for the fine <laughs> to pay Lindy back. I think it was Pesci's Pizza or something like that in Buffalo raised ten grand to cover Lindy's fine for the brawl. Okay, that's funny. They, you know, Josh Allen's grandmother dies, and they donate seventeen. So many donations for seventeen dollars to Oshai Children's Hospital, like. Uh, Andy Dalton uh, beats, I think, the Baltimore Ravens in a in a huge game to send the Bills to the playoffs for the first time with like a nine and seven or maybe even a seven and nine record. And 
And Bill's fans flooded his foundation with donations up to like 700 grand. I, he- I remember that. I, when, I remember when that happened. <laughs> the Buffalo was watching that game. And it was, I think it was a crazy game too. Something crazy happened at, at the end of yeah. that game. The, the last like, second, the kind last, of like, the last second, yeah. like a, a Hail Mary bomb or something yeah. like that. And it was crazy. Wow. I remember that. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. it's just, that's, that's the community here, man. It's, it's what, a, it's a great place to live. If, you know what the yeah, thing yeah, is, JR, I got traded from San Jose and I got traded to Buffalo and I, and I waited literally um, a month and a half before I called the GM back. Cause I didn't want to go to, I, I, I hate Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I hated the players. I hated Lindy Ruff. I hated the fans fans here in Buffalo suck. We all hated you <laughs> likewise. And then I get here and my wife, after a month and a half month and a half, she goes, Craig, I know you're fighting this. I know you've held out and you were trying to get to a better place, but she goes, it does not feel right. You need to call the GM. You need to have a conversation and you need to speak to him first and foremost. And she goes, if it doesn't work out, we can always, we can always move, can always move and ask for a trade and, and, but you have to give them a chance. So I made the phone call and 15 years later, JR, I'm still here. You're still and, there. And, and my kids are, you know, ultimately my, my youngest daughter was born in Buffalo. My, my, uh, second youngest son, Nick was, was only one when we moved to Buffalo. All he knows is Buffalo. He, all he knows mm-hmm. is the Sabres. All he knows is this city. And as much as I hated the fans, when I played against them for all those years, I love these fans. I love these fans. I love there's such a tight knit, passionate group of fans. And I'm going to tell you this, there's been a lot of losing, you know, back, you know, a number of years ago with the bills and none of those fans quit. None of those fans were out. They are true Buffalo Mm -hmm. Bill fans. And you look at right now, there's a lot of unhappy fans and what they've seen in the last decade with the Sabres because they've had so much success. But now all of a sudden you're looking and you're saying these fans, these fans love the Sabres. Well, you know how I, I mean, I've always known that they're great fans, but when I, when I used to work for that awful network, um, the best ratings that they got was when Buffalo Sabres were on, on, on games that night, we get, we get, the, the, we get even in the playoffs. This the playoffs. Buffalo best, was at the best, the ratings. Of, best, best ratings, best ratings, and they best weren't ratings. even in. Yep. How is yep. that possible? Every year, Buffalo is one of the top three, top three um, spots in North America. Okay, to watch hockey, and yep. it's. I mean, this is they're passionate. They're super yep. passionate. They're super passionate. Um, Family oriented. I've. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that my wife helped me make that decision to make that call to Darcy Regeer years ago because I wouldn't be here. And yeah. right now, I wouldn't want to be any other place. Yeah, that's great. I hear great things about living there. I mean, I lived in Rochester, which is is you know pretty close. And actually, you guys are talking about the storm that you guys just had. I lived in Rochester during the storm of 1978. They call it the storm of 78. It was the biggest storm I've ever been associated with. And I literally could have walked out of my second floor window onto the over onto the overhang that hung over our, our front porch. And I could have walked down the overhang right onto the snow. Like walk right onto the snow. What were you doing in Rosh? I'd lived in a lot of different places. I was at the time I was eight years old. You know, I was eight years old. My dad was uh got got transferred over there. We only lived there for eight months, but it was, it was a cold eight months in Rochester. That was oh, a long shit. time ago. Oh, yeah. Shit. Long okay. time so ago. You, don't, you don't really remember. And you guys, that. and so you, so you guys got probably got more as much snow this year as we did in, in 1978, which is nuts. nuts. We've had a crazy amount this year. You know, so we're talking to Mar Hamlin. I don't know if you guys saw before the Capitol Sabres game, they actually even did a little, moment of you know memor- not a memorial yeah. that that's morbid but like a 
It's a moment of silence. Just a yeah, moment form. of silence. That's what I'm. And, spe- for. and speaking of what a fucking hockey game. I mean, well, Craig said on the radio today, like you know, is the story of the Sabers? Is the story of the Sabers and Tage Thompson, or is it what Alex Ovechkin's doing at his age? It's it's absolutely right now. Right right now, it is it is it is Alex Ovechkin. Everybody's watching him now since he passed forty, and you know he had two he had two the other night. He had three, you know, last week. He's scoring in bunches again. Uh, He's at twenty eight now. Um, and by the way, speaking of Tage Thompson, I, in Florida last week, one of my buddies texted me, and he goes, "Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm 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 with Tage's dad. I think his name is Bruce or something like that. I think Brent Thompson, dad. absolute Brent. minor league nut job. And, and my buddy was with Tage Thompson's dad, and I texted him. I and I obviously singing my praises for Tage and all that stuff, but. I thought that was pretty cool since, you know. So going into the game, the Sabres had their T-shirts on love for three. And I don't know if you saw, but Tage scored his third hat trick, his third goal of the game uh, in in overtime at the three-minute mark and all these Mm -hmm. different kind of threes. Yeah, all these different threes. I mean, I I don't know, man. I There's when, when numbers are involved with weird circumstances, that's what I tend to believe in shit you know what i mean it's everything yeah. for me for i'm weird like that it it, it goes around numbers i am so. too i am too 100 yeah, jr can you explain try and explain the emergence have you ever seen a player that um went from scoring eight goals to scoring 38 goals well, we've seen and the two, next the, year. We, we've seen two know, players now. We've seen two players, man. That just make miraculous. One one started from the beginning of his career with Robertson, and now we have Tage Thompson. Both of these guys have shown an unbelievable uncanniness to score goals, but I think Tage is obviously a little bit more because Robertson's been just he's been consistent in doing it all the time. But this Tage is just—he came out of nowhere, and this and hit how, his stride. How do you? How do you? How does that work? It's confidence, man. When you go onto the ice and you have a confidence that you you know you're going to score goals, you don't go on the ice hoping you're going to score goals. You go on the ice saying, "I need one opportunity, and I'm fucking sniping it because I'm I'm just feeling it." Right. And it's just a different attitude when, when the puck's going in the net and going in the net every night. I mean, when I was, you know, when I was scoring 50 goals, it was every night. It wasn't how, how many it was or how it was how many. So it's all, it's all your mentality, man. I'm telling you, there's like, you can't tell me how many forwards in the national hockey league these days have the talent to score goals. They do. They can fly. They can shoot the puck harder now than ever before. Every single person can shoot the puck fucking hard. Yep. But why? Why doesn't everybody have that ability to score goals? And number one, it's it's your brain and how smart of a player you are. And two, it's confidence. I'm telling you, it's, it's there's a lot of this. A lot goes into the mentality so, you know, of the player. If we're if we're going back ten games, even fifteen games. We were talking about Connor McDavid running away with the goal scoring. He was just shredding, just shredding the league. Okay. And right now, if I were to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you five guys, Connor McDavid, Tage Thompson, Bo Horvat, Ovechkin, and Jason Robertson. Okay. McDavid has 33, Thompson, 30, Bo Horvat, 28, Alex Ovechkin, 28, Jason Robertson, 26. So that's, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, Tage Thompson, uh, has scored 30 or he's only played 36 games where Connor McDavid's played 39, Bo Horvat 37, Alex Ovechkin 40, Jason Robertson 39. So Thompson has played three less games than, than McDavid. Who's going to be the scoring leader this year? 
Like, do you think that Tage Thompson has the ability to play a full 82 game schedule and, and continue this pace? Like, do you understand Jr. right now? He went two years ago. He scored eight goals last year. He scored 37 or 38. And this year he's on pace for 60, 60, 65. It's hey, truly unbelievable. He's got 55 points this year. He's on pace for 120, 125 points. Like, I don't understand how a player, who do you think is the happiest person in the world right now? Uh, it could be, it could be a number of different guys. I got one guy right now in my mind. That's literally sleeping. So soundly every single night and his name is kevin adams oh yeah kevin adams, i was gonna say granado i was gonna say granado but you said adams okay. kevin adams the pressure that kevin adams would have right now with tage thompson sitting number three in the league in points number two in the league in goals and not ha- and tage thompson becoming an unrestricted free agent or maybe no i don't think he would be unrestricted he'd be restricted, no, he'd be but- an rfa but he would have i think he'd have arbitration rights yes okay arbitration rights um if if kevin adams didn't sign tage to this contract that he did 50 million dollars seven years um so he makes 7.14 million dollars how much money do you think tage would be making this is not a one-hit wonder because last year he scored 38 and 68 points. Easily 11. $11 million. And it's gone up. It mm-hmm. keeps going up, too. It's like uh, yeah. every it, it's, it was one time it was 9.5, then it was at 10, and then it was at 10.5, and, and now mm-hmm. he is absolutely without question at 11. He just yeah, keeps easily. earning. He just keeps earning more and more money. He's just not going to get hey, it because he's already signed. Hey Riv, I think you you made mention of that signing on one of our shows, and you were just you were shocked that that Tate signed that contract and how great of a contract it was to sign. Well, and I think I, like, I think at the time I think the the conversation was is it a good contract? And I think it's a really good contract for both sides. Back when he signed it. I was extremely pleased that they signed Tage Thompson to a $7.14 million a year deal. Okay. 50 million. Um, others, Petey was, was, was in this stance that, you know, listen, I mean, he had one really good year. Now you're going to give him $50 million. Like let the kid earn it. The mm. problem with letting him earn it again would be this, a disaster for the organization. Right. A disaster in the sense that now you're going to have to pay a market value and you're going to be in, you know, 11, 11 million dollar deal. OK, great. But so you Kevin got him. Adams, under, you got him under the contract, but still the pressures, the pressure will remain. The pressure is going to remain because right now he's doing it on the last year of a one point six million dollars contract. OK, yeah, you say so, that. But so well, we he has to listen. This isn't the year that he actually needs to perform. It's next year. Like it's great. We're the Sabers are getting unbelievable. Uh, but but uh, again, Petey, what does a what point totals in the National Hockey League would you say would be of a seven million dollar player? Like what? Seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah, seventy five. Yeah, I was going to say sixty five. Seventy. I'd say, yeah, I'd say sixty six. Listen, go go and look at uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Guy's making seven and a half million dollars for a gazillion years. He's on his last year of his deal. Go and look at his point totals. Every year he's around 50, 60. And I think at one point um, he might've put one really good year together and had 78, but he's a seven and a half million dollar player scoring 65 points a year. So if Tage Thompson scores you 65 points and let's say 25 goals every year, does he justify a $7 million deal? And the answer is hell yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Tage Fun Thompson right now is not playing at a $7 million range. He's playing at a $12.5 million range. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How many, does, how many does Ovi finish with this year? I want him to get 50. <laughs> I, I'm get- just, I got to be super selfish 
10, he's going to score 10 years, 10 seasons of 50, 50 or more goals. 10 seasons. Right now, he's already tied the most in NHL history at nine. If he scores 50 goals this year, he will be the first player in NHL history to score 10 years of 50 goals or more. He'll do it. He'll do that. I mean, I, mean, I think he. I think he'll score 56, 57. I, I think he's going to have a, a, a bomb of the second half of the season. Um, how many did Bossy? Bossy had nine. He tied Bossy. But Bossy only did it in like 12 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. Nine out of 12 years. But... I mean, what Ovechkin's doing, I mean, it, it becomes that conversation now, you know, about catching Gretz. And I'm, there's no question that if, if Ovechkin didn't miss his rookie year and the COVID shutdown didn't happen, Gretz he'd is, be there. Gretz he'd be there this year, probably. Yeah. Yes, he would be. He'd be, he'd be he scores, he probably lost 70 goals, 60 goals just in those games alone. Absolutely. He, he misses rookie year, right? So if he scores this guy might, 22 this guy more might goals. fucking get a thousand goals, guys. He might get a thousand goals. No, he's not. Okay, not no, even oh, close. He, okay. he, he won't. He won't get a thousand. Um, he's gonna have a hard time getting to Gretzky's. I'm gonna tell you right now. It everybody is like so looking at it. Going, I think the pressure's off now that he passed Gordy Howe. It is. No, it's not it off. Is, it, oh, it I don't is. think it's off. I don't think it's off, but I think he can go back to wondering, he's, like, when is it just going to be Gretzky that I'm chasing? No, he's no, he's going to. He's. I don't think. Play. I don't think there's. I don't think there was pressure on him at all to surpass no. 801. What does that even mean? No, that's just yeah. Gordy Howe. That's you know, uh, Mister Hockey, one of the greatest hockey players to ever play the game. Th- there was no pressure to get to. No, I don't. I agree. You know, 802. Like the pressure right playing. now, the only thing that Alex Oveshkin is dealing with right now is health. He's got to stay healthy. It's the yeah. only way he's going to beat this record is he but has I'm to telling stay you, healthy. He's, he's going to play a year longer than he probably would have just to, tr- just to try to break Gretz's record. And you're going to see, he's gonna, and I agree with you, uh, Riv, I think it's going to be, it's going to be very close. And then his last, he's going to play an extra year to try to break this record. And he might need five or five or six. And he, it's going to be five or six. What goals? Like he's going to, he's going to, he's going to turn like 39 or 40. Well, JR, listen to this. If he scores 22 more goals this year, it's going to put him at 850. That's not true. He just passed Gordy at eight. He's at he's at oh seven. I know he scored like ten goals since then, isn't he? Hasn't he? He's at eight hundred and eight goals. Yeah, eight oh eight. So twenty two more puts. Okay, so yeah. Sorry, my my. I was adding my. So he's he's, hey, there's that OHL math again, Jr. Yeah, exactly. That's not that's not that's not fifty two on this. That's right on this. <laughs> oh, by the way, we had people feedback about that exceptionally well show. That was one of the best shows we've ever had. No, it was a great that show. Was yeah, great. it was a great that show. That was a great. That was great. So 830. 830 if he scores 22 more goals this year. I think that is where he needs to get to. He needs to get to 830 goals. And so that's going to keep him 64. That's 64 away. That's right? probably three years away, you would think. That would be that's, that's that's what I'm saying. So three more years is going to bring him to forty, and he could be. He could be because listen, if he scores, if he scores thirty goals at thirty eight years old, that's fucking sick. Let alone thirty at thirty nine, like that would be sick. So I'm just saying, with by the well, he's time only thirty seven. I, yeah, I, he's thirty. I, I know. So you give him the end of this year at thirty-seven. That takes him to eight thirty. So that gives him at thirty-eight. If he scores thirty at sixty, and then he scores another thirty at thirty-nine, that's not eight ninety, right? Which leaves him four short. And now he's got to play until in his fortieth year, and he's already, you know, I mean, 
do you think do you think Ovechkin would play till he's forty if he if he wasn't chasing that record? I don't. I know. think he'd be retired now. He could be. Listen, I mean, he's put a lot of miles in his body. Like, did you watch? Uh, you probably didn't watch the game last night uh, with with uh, you know Washington, but Alex Ovechkin's still running guys over. Sitting there running over six foot six Owen Power, the rookie, just absolutely blasts him, you know, like puts him to the ice. He's he's body checking everybody all over the ice, and he's 37 years old, and he's the greatest goal scorer to ever play the game. He plays the game like and listen, I mean, I'm a I'm slightly infatuated with Alex Ovechkin, okay? And I watch him, and my my God, when he's on the ice, he's super lazy. Like, holy yeah. jumping, man. When he doesn't Super have the lazy. puck, he is literally just gliding yeah. and yeah. doing nothing. But when there's an opportunity to go on offense, you can see his spidey senses kick in and he is going and he can still make plays. Like he is, he made a lot of plays last night that were offensive opportunities to score. And he's so dangerous. Every single shot that he takes, I don't know why. But it just seems like every single shot he takes has an has opportunity to go in. Yeah. Because it's heavy. It's heavy no matter how he shoots it. Right? Yep. Sometimes it goes right through the goaltender. No, it's gonna be a fun, it's gonna be a fun couple of years to watch the chase because now he's there, right? Now he's in it. So it's gonna be that's gonna again, it's he's it's gonna be that countdown. First show of 2023. It's awesome. I gotta run. I got a meeting. Gotta go. Appreciate your Love time, this. JR. Hey, buddy. Love you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.